we need our routines because that's that's how our brains work. We get deep, deep, deep into stuff. And it's been called tendril theory. And this this transition period is necessary for us and for cats because what once we are, we are so intense. Uh, and again, like with the whole, you know, cats pushing things off, every cat is a scientist checking out that reaction just to make sure it's going to happen again. This is data processing. This is how we do things. Episode 46, Cats are Autistic. Welcome to the Autistic Culture Podcast. Each episode, we dive deep into autistic contributions to society and culture by introducing you to some of the world's most famous and successful autistics in history. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer on how we use the word autistic. The purpose of this show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic. While some may have announced being autistic, what we're really sharing here is our observation of what is representative of autistic culture. It can sometimes be difficult for autistic people to celebrate our natural tendencies and traits due to the perception of autism as a disorder that needs to be fixed, a long history of damaging medical interventions to get autistics to fit in with mainstream culture, and protective masking skills many of us have developed to try to stay safe. Whether you are autistic or just love someone who is, your hosts, Dr. Angela Loria, the linguistic autistic. And licensed psychological practitioner, Matt Lowry, welcome you to take this time to be fully immersed in the language, values, traditions, norms, and identity of Autistica. Autistica. Well, hey, Matt. Hey, Angela. Have you ever heard of a Kathy Hoopman? Kathy Hoopman. Uh, the name sounds familiar, but refresh my memory and the memory of our audience, please. Kathy Hoopman, as the linguistic autistic, I am very excited to tell you about her. She has written over 20 books for children and adults. She is uh, one of the Jessica Kingsley authors. So Jessica Kingsley is a publishing company that does a lot of uh, neurodiversity affirming books. And she's got fiction, nonfiction, novels. She's got uh, won a million awards, I think a lot in Australia, the Children's Book Council of Australia Award, the Australian Educational Award. Uh, she's been uh, got five times the Nautilus Book Award, which is for books that change the world. But most importantly, Kathy Hoopman is the author of All Cats are on the autism spectrum. I actually have that book right there. Do you see? I, I knew you know yes. her. So originally, I don't know which edition you have. Originally, it was called All Cats Have Asperger's Syndrome. Yes, yes, yes. I, I and, definitely have uh, our, 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 yeah, on the autism spectrum. Where is it? Oh, there we go. So first of all, like shout out, it is, uh, I, I know for a lot of people, it is hard to give up the term Asperger's because for a lot of people, it was something they identified with for a long time. And there's lots of conversations and debates in the autism world about whether the word has to carry the weight or not. Um, but there it is. You have 
it right in your hot little hands. And you have the autism spectrum version. So actually right behind the blue ranger, the kinetically autistic power ranger who guards that book. Excellent. Excellent side note there. Guarding, guarding the book. Um, yeah. Have that handy. You might, you might need it as a reference for today's episode. Yes. So she changed, uh, changed the name early. Also, uh, changed some of the pronouns in the book and did some other things to make it even friendlier, which I really appreciate. She is neurotypical. Um, but has written there there are others in the series uh all dogs have adhd uh owls have anxiety uh and she does some really thoughtful work um and she was definitely one of the inspirations for this episode as well as our loyal listeners we love you guys uh i got several not as many requests as i have for the taylor swift episode i'm working on it i'm working on it i have 37 requests for taylor swift and i had three requests for cats you got cats first uh yeah I, I'll leave the speculation as to why uh, Taylor didn't rank high. I, I am going to do that episode. It's a little little harder on the research, but it, it's happening. Meanwhile, I reached out to Kathy. I tried to get oh, her wow. as a guest on okay. the show. Oh, that's we cool. Had, we, we had a really nice conversation. She did agree to be a guest, but the timing didn't work out. She's in Australia and the timing sort of upside down. But she They are us- in the future, you know, so, you know. She said they are in the future. She sent us best witches and she sent me this little quote, which I am going to have you read. I'm going to send this over in the chat. And our friend, friend of the pod, Kathy Hoopman says this. I love cats. I grew up on a small farm and we always had a house cat or two that were loved and cared for. Plus lots of barn cats that bred wild and kept down the mice, but definitely did not like to be cuddled. I learned that the hard way. However, as I grew older, I developed an allergy to cats, so I have not been able to own one for a very long time. Not that you ever really own a cat, of course. Cats seem to be the perfect way to introduce people to autism. They are cute, charming, individual, independent, and clever. Just like the autistics I know. It was a joy to search for just the right cat image to portray each autistic trait. I hope you all enjoy the result of my efforts in all cats are on the autism spectrum. And and indeed, every page has a picture of a cute cat doing cute cat things that we can definitely relate to. So true. Yes. And you uh, will put the link in the show notes. You can find her book anywhere. We really appreciate Kathy and this book. And she gave me lots to think about. Um, I want to start this episode first by talking about some of the ways cats are emblematic of autistic culture, starting with their very many sensory needs. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So cats have a little, they're a little sensory seeking. So they love a sunbeam. They love grass. Uh, I have cats that love rolling in hot sand. I don't enjoy that. I do not want to be anywhere near grass or sand and usually not sunbeams. Um, but again, I'm sensory avoidant. <laughs> we'll include uh, links in the show notes to 87,000 YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. Cat videos available on request. Yeah. Who knew Um, that the internet had cats? 
But like, yeah, I think everyone knew that. That yeah. one, they knew. They knew that one, yeah. But here's the thing is like, they also don't like, even though there are sensations that they seek out, there are also things they 100% don't like. And Kathy sort of referenced that in her note to us. Like if you hold a cat and they don't want to be held... It's kind of like holding me if I don't want to be held. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they, will, they will shred you. Right. Yeah, not a lap cat. I am not a lap cat. I, I know like a lot of people have touch as a thing that they actually like and crave. Like when my kid sits next to me, he sits like almost on top of me. He has to be touching at all times. And I'm like... Especially when he was little, he would always touch my face all the time. I don't want to be touched. I'm more of a proximity cat. I like to be near you, but I don't really want, I don't want you to hold me. So. Yeah. But that's, but that's different. I think the thing that's the same about autistic people is that it's very, it's like we have opinions, whatever Oh, very much so. Yeah. Either close, far. When, when it's good, it's very, very good. When it's bad, it's intolerable. Yes, I was the little girl with the curl in the middle of her forehead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cats also, like, if you do make them do something they don't want to do, like if you pick them up and hold them, what do they do, Matt? That they, they, they just, they cat. They leave. <laughs> they they, do. they this run is the away. Thing. They, 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 they might hunger the bed. Under the bed. They, they, do, they find a safe space to uh, decompress and they have gigantic eyes and they look out for you and say, no, you shall not touch me. They might vocalize. They might bat at you. But they are very, very clear in cat language that they, they, it is now alone time. They are. They're good communicators. And I was reading in, I don't know, some Facebook group for parents. This uh, woman was saying... Her kid, uh, who is diagnosed autistic, goes to school and then comes home and like has a meltdown. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying like, I give her 15 minutes of screen time, but then she has to come down and be with the family and she's acting like an asshole. She didn't use the words, my kid's acting like an asshole. That's just me. Can you imagine telling my cat? Sorry, you only have 15 minutes to hide under the bed and right. then you have to come out because that's ex- what you're doing. I expect you to dog today. What? The, yeah. No. Uh, you can't a, dog. You're a cat. Exactly. My son, when he wants you know attention, he'll come up and he will give me what I call an Emmett hug where he just rams his entire body into me and he wants a big hug. But a lot of the time he says no. And he just wanders off and he's just going to do his thing in a different room. I'll be in the living room. He'll be in the kitchen. I'll say, do you want me to come to the kitchen? He said, no, daddy stay in in living room. Emmett stay in kitchen. And then after he needs his alone time, he'll come up and snuggle again because this is how we are. This is the way. But but can you imagine if you like try to put a time limit on a cat like fit, like hey That's when madness. the alarm goes off it's total madness and we know it's madness for cats but she was like well I'm worried about screen time I'm like uh, let's not worry about screen time right let's worry about regulation when yes. your child is ready they will come out it might be 15 minutes I'll tell you what'll make it last longer yes. is telling them you only have 15 minutes to regulate go yeah yeah because that impedes the regulation. No, I cannot regulate with a gun to my head. Exactly. Doesn't work. 
Oh my goodness. So I know she's doing her best. Parents out there, I know you're doing your best. You hear all this advice about screen time. It does not apply to neurodivergent children. They it did not do the studies on us. Re- research has shown it. And I believe we talked about that in an episode a couple of episodes ago. It bears repeating. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to find that one okay. in the show notes. Also, things that cats don't like that also I don't like are baths and yeah. water. Although, you know what they do like? Looking at running water forever. Forever uh, and ever. Amen. My, my son loves fountains, so I actually bought him a cat fountain. And uh, he loves looking at the cat fountain I love nonstop. looking at our cat fountain. Yeah, it, We it's have one that relaxing. has like a little flower on uh, the yes, top. Yes. Yeah, it's a good yes. one. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it has like six little spigots that come out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then there are, there, we'll, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but there are definitely food preferences. Oh, yes. And you, if you said to your cat, today we are having carrots and you (laughs) place the carrots in front of your cat and you said, you will not have anything else to eat until you eat the carrots. What would the cat do? Possibly shit in your shoes. Never, ever eat the fucking carrots. Never, never. Nope. Not if you begged, pleaded, set a timer, Promise them they'd starve to death. It nothing would make happen. a cat eat a carrot. Nothing. And nothing is going to make your autistic friend eat anything other than what they want to eat. Because it's just a no. It's not a maybe. Back in the day, I had a, a bunny and then I got a black cat to go with. I had a white bunny and a black cat. And the black like cat it. believed that the bunny was her father and wanted to do everything the bunny did and was jealous that I gave the bunny lettuce but didn't give the cat lettuce. Oh. So uh, I would finally give the cat some lettuce. And the cat had the the most angry look on its face I had ever seen as it tried to eat the lettuce because it demanded some lettuce to be fair. But God, he hated it. Or she hated it. I was like, it. I don't so, want this lettuce, but yeah. I want the lettuce. Justice. She, she, she wanted what the bunny had, but my God, she hated it. And we just like. <laughs> And, it's a yeah, just idea. complain the entire time. So yes, that yes, uh, yeah. This this is we we can't do that if if it's not edible, we cannot eat it. Right? There's not you can't give you can't tell the cat. I will give you catnip if you eat these carrots or if you eat this lettuce. There was, is no bribery. There you cannot no bribe bribery. a cat. What we should do is invent a whole therapy around bribing cats to eat things they don't want to eat and we can make billions of dollars Matt. i'm confident yeah. it'll work and then we could just tase the cat we could like take a taser to the cats if they don't neurotypicals do have shown them. that apparently that's very profitable yes profitable ineffective but yeah hey it doesn't work in the least money, but boy it makes the money great great we got a plan a yeah, dog uh, conversion <laughs> Dog conversion. We're going to, yes, your we cat will come looking to the door yeah. and barking. Can we make the cats bark? Of course. Yeah. Because we well, promise it'll, the it'll, parents. It'll, we can, we can we promise can anything. Okay. We'll deliver very little. But again, that's how payment works because who cares if things actually change as long as you get money? If we're going to make a cat bark, I'm going to need at least six hours a day. Yes, exactly. So it is going to be very expensive. Six hours a day, five days a week. And if I don't get them when they're kittens, it's much harder. They never, there's a window of opportunity. It closes. Those cats will never bark. 
And it's clearly the fault of the parents for not getting them in soon enough. Well, right. That's why yeah. you have to act now. And, uh, you know, it might be expensive, but do you love your cat? Do you, you love your cat enough to make them into a dog? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Oh, dripping with sarcasm the entire way through. And perhaps this is why cats inspire us with their stimmy stims. Oh, yes. So my cat's name is Foxy. <laughs> and Foxy has what I call foxy toes. So a lot of cats, you know, the kneading of where they're getting their the milk biscuits. from. Making the biscuits. Yeah. Foxy does that on her back. So she's just like, she's very stimmy and she does her foxy toes. And she needs everybody to see and admire her stimming, which we do because it gives us joy by proximity. This is the way. Mm -hmm. I'm brightening um, your life. Watch me. Watch me brighten. Watch me brighten. Uh, what, what? How else do cats stim? They mu I mean, I don't know if purring is really stimming, but it feels sort of stimmy. It's, it, uh, purring is interesting and in that it actually is healing for both the cat and the person being purred upon. And that is fascinating. What is it about the resonant frequency of a cat purr that induces healing? It, they, they've actually true. done research and it's a real phenomenon. I want to know way, way more about this because it seems like black magic to me. So... Yeah. But it is, I will tell you, it's very regulating for me when a cat is purring next to me. It's yeah. like I'm tapping into their, what's that called? Co-regulating? Co-regulation, yes. Yeah. So then obviously if I'm more regulated, I'm going to be healthier because I'm not in cortisol response all the time. Absolutely. Which, you know, I spent 47 years basically in high cortisol result. So we're just, yeah. we're retraining and the purring is part of retraining. How much cortisol do I need racing through my body at all times? Not as much as previously thought. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things I've learned over 50. So that's fun. Ah, yes. When autistic people find a special interest, they go deep and have a lot of knowledge, even if they don't have that formal education background to go with it. If you want to capture your spin in a book, check out Angela's work at differencepress.com, differencepress.com, and find out more about becoming an author and establishing your credibility with a book. Next up, let's talk about cats and routine. Ah, yes. Because they do love a tea time. They I, love a routine. I, I wish that Random Cat had come by now instead of in the last podcast we recorded. Oh, because that's right. I have this orange tabby that comes visits comes and visits me literally every day and walks around the entire perimeter of my house, hugging the corners. And I call the cat RC for Random Cat. And I know where the cat lives. The cat just prefers to be over here. And uh, I, I know the cat's routine. I will see the cat every day i will wave to the cat the cat will come up and might give it a treat which might induce it to you know want to spend more time over here but you know random cat is uh has to make his rounds so yes my husband's mother had a cat like that that was a neighborhood cat but just decided like she was his person and he came in every day and for some reason my husband named that cat chicken yeah, that's which interesting it's very confusing I didn't understand. There was a lot of chicken talk. So random cat is at least, you know, I think more on the nose than chicken. Yeah, I, I like RC. RC is a cool name. RC. 
Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I feel We've it. We've got a cola based on it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. So, uh, food, we would like it the same time, the same way, the same bowl. Don't get creative with your bowls. I don't want some high-edge bowls, low-edge bowl. I want the same bowl in the same location. Don't move my food. No, Don't no. do it. No, no, that, that, that's starting a war with a cat. You don't want that. Yeah, right. or an autistic person. And here's the thing. I know there might be some brand of food that is on sale this week. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I want my brand. I only want my brand. I don't even see the other brands. They don't register, even if it saves you 47 cents. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would rather eat the change itself than to eat the discount <laughs> brand. Right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not no. deviating from, because again, the texture is weird. The taste is weird. I don't care how much money you're saving. If I can't get the cheese that I want, I'm not eating the cheese. Right. So don't even try cat owners. Okay. All right. And don't try with your autistic kids either or your autistic adult humans that you love. We just want the same brands on the same plates. We don't need to mix it up. That's we, all we, we got ask. something that works. We got, if it is not working, we will tell you, Yeah, you yeah. will know, yeah. you will know it will be clear. Just like a cat, we will slowly push it off and watch we it fall to the floor. Yes, yeah, so we'll just ch -ch 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 until it crashes off the table if it's not working for us. Oh, yeah. Uh... Another thing, got this going on at our house right now. We are actually heading out for a weekend in Vegas. That means last night we pulled out the suitcases. The wheels are off the cart here. Cats are like, why suitcases? Say more. Changes in routine. Changes in routine. Why? Yeah. Yep. They're like zoom. They're zooming through the house, bolting up and down. They've alerted the authorities. They're like, our humans are doing something that is not sanctioned. We what did we not do? authorize this. Oh my God. And as much as they can be regulating, I can tell you when my cats get anxious, my husband gets anxious, which makes me anxious. Everybody just does better if we have the same routine every single day. This is why like travel is hard or even like going into the office for my kid. One of the things that came up a lot was like changing classes. Somebody thought that was good in third grade. We're going to switch every single period to a different. It was like the period was 50 minutes. It would take him 47.8 minutes to get used to the new period. And then he had to switch again. It was like, no. Exactly. Exactly. We need Not our routines right. because that's that's how our brains work. We get deep, deep, deep into stuff. And that it's been called tendril theory. And this this transition period is necessary for us and for cats. Because what once we are we are so intense. Uh, and, and again, like with the whole, you know, cats pushing things off, every cat is a scientist checking out that reaction just to make sure it's gonna happen again. This this is data processing. This is how we do mm. things. Yeah, a little, little, yeah, little experimentation. All right, next one I want to talk about is communication styles. Oh, yes. So maybe you can learn a little bit about your autistic loved one here. Uh, as you know, cats do not speak in a language that is recognizable as a language. That does not mean they don't communicate. So I want to True. talk about non-speaking versus non-verbal. You want to hit us with a little of that? Because cats are might not be speaking, but they are communicating. So the, the, 
One of the fascinating things about cats is that they don't naturally meow. They they have decided to meow specifically to talk to us because that gets our attention. Uh, they they speak with a very nonverbal language, with body language, with pheromones, by sticking their butt in your face in order to get their attention. Uh, and they can learn on an AAC device. Like, oh, is that true? Yes. Have you seen the videos? No. So we'll we'll link to some we'll of this in, the, this show in notes the show notes because you can give a cat AAC devices and, and uh, so I, I posted a video in Autistic Connections a while back about this dog having an existential crisis because the dog has been learning how to use human language and realized oh my god I'm a dog why dog why dog and cats can do the same thing and a friend of mine who we've been working on autistic centered therapy with posted a video about a cat being very frustrated about being a cat and uh, is using these language buttons to talk to their humans in English because they have learned English, but of course do not have the, you know, the vocal cords and the tongue and mm-hmm. all the, the necessary production for English language. But now with an AAC device, they could speak surprisingly fluently. Uh, past wow. the point of it seeming just random of, you know, car, cheese, eat frog. No, that that's meaningless. These are all why cat, cat hungry, walk cat now. And wow. yeah, so they, they do, they are very, very good communicate. And again, the fact that they've learned to meow in order to get our attention or mimic our sounds, because again, I refer you to this little known you know, site called YouTube, where there are many, many, many cats who have learned to vocalize English words like mama or something along those lines, because they, they are, they are very, okay. very adaptive. And that could be echolalia. Yes, very much so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will tell you, my husband doesn't need uh, any sort of assisted device to understand my cats. He speaks full cat. Oh, of course. He, I think maybe is a cat. He, what was happening yesterday, one of our cats was pointing her tail at me in a question mark pointed towards me. And he's like, oh, look, she's telling you, I forget what that means. Something she wants you to do something. I don't know. Yeah. But he will, he interprets like a, just like a human cat speaking machine. Yeah. Yeah. Because all day long for me, he tells me what they're thinking. Yeah. Because again, if you pay attention, they have deliberate movements. They have deliberate actions. They look in a certain way. They have all of this nonverbal communication goes to waste if you don't have the idea that they they communicate. They actively communicate with each other through nonverbal cues. They're trying to do the same with us. And this mm-hmm. is a big thing about non-speakers because non-speaking does not mean non-thinking. Non-speakers often have lots and lots that they're thinking about, but again, the difficulty with... Pr- humans, autistic humans in particular, who have apraxia and difficulty using speech to communicate, they're still thinking about stuff. And the world is incredibly biased against the non-speakers of the world because for some reason we think that the ability to ramble on about nonsense is an indicator of intelligence. Right. uh, As as we do here each week on the podcast, (laughs) rambling on about nonsense. Yes. It it was one of my favorite lines from the Star Wars prequels is the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Mm. And there there are many, many people in the world who say a lot of things, but boy, they're just not thinking. Mm. So there's a lot of people who think, but just don't speak. And, And again, 
cats think about a lot of stuff and they're trying desperately to communicate, but their humans may not be that great. Yeah. And for even for autistics that are speaking, there are different social cues that are nuanced differently that if you take the time to get to know your cat, you'll know what their tail pointing at you or the slow blink Oh, when I yeah, get a slow yeah. blink, I get, Paul tells me what that means or the way their ears move back or forth or their whiskers. We have all that too. Oh yeah, It is there. Uh, you just have to get to know us. It doesn't necessarily look exactly like that, but we are giving you lots of cues. They just might not fit the neurotypical pattern your brain might be looking for. The expectations. The, the expectations are the killer because as long as you expect, again, like, well, my dog sp- speaks like this. You, you can't have the same expectations across, you know, species. Right. You, you have to and communicate in the way that works cats, best. So it's like just take the, taking that time. I know this is like a fun episode and I do love cats and we're going to talk about some famous cats and I want to hear about your favorite famous cats. But I just wanted to set the scene for why cats are so great, not just to represent some things about autistic culture, but to help you see them in the world around you. Like when you see a cannoli or a cappuccino, you're like, oh, Italian American culture. Like it might, you might not be consciously registering it, but if you see a shamrock or a clatter ring or an Aaron sweater, you're like, oh, Irish culture. And what my goal with this show is, is that when you see a thing, you know, like, oh, autistic culture. I get it. I know a little about autistic culture. Um, like for instance, our special interests Cats, when they have a toy that is a special interest, dear sweet Jesus, can they spend hours? My cat right now is sitting on a bird. He has been sitting. It is not a real bird, my friends. It is a stuffed square of a bird, but he sits on it. He holds it. And if it goes under the couch and he can't find it, talk about an autistic meltdown. It is not good. Yeah. Yeah. My, my my cat, one time when I was working on a sink, I had uh, a washer left over, a little copper washer, and my cat turned into Gollum with that damn thing. And it was the precious, and it went everywhere. And I would find it out of nowhere. I would go to pick it up, and all of a sudden, the cat would zoom out of nowhere to make sure that I didn't pick it up and just shoot out like lightning. And yeah, it was her favorite object in the entire world. Oh, a little monotropic focus there. Naturally. You will not take my toy. Uh, Let's see, social interaction. Uh, I have mentioned, I do like leaving the house. I just don't do it very often because it's hard. Do you ever try taking your cat to the vet? That's about how often I would like to leave the house. (laughs) It's not great. It's not yeah. great. If you have a cat that likes being in the car, I, that's awesome. I do yeah. not enjoy time in cars with cats. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. It's about like putting me into a box and trying to take me to the vet. I, you know, hissing, clawing the entire time. When will we go home? When will we go home? When will we go home? So, yeah. Yeah, cold metal table or my couch. I'm yeah. going with my couch of and course. my things. I can look at my things. I don't like these things here. This is my and world. And it smells weird. Did anyone yeah. ever tell you this place smells weird? Seriously. I gotta go. The heightened senses. Oh my God. Yeah, yes, I absolutely. Can't handle this one. Yeah. 
We love sharing stories of autistic culture. And if you are seeing yourself in any of these stories and you're wondering if maybe you're one of us or maybe you're already diagnosed or self-diagnosed and you want to know if Matt can help you live your life better and be more authentically autistic, check out his website at mattlowerylpp.com. That's Matt, M-A-T-T, Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y. And then that L-P-P, it stands for Licensed Psychological Practitioner. So head on over to mattlowerylpp.com and learn more about working with my buddy, Matt. So uh, our cat, one of our cats, uh, Miko, has, she, she does not travel well. And she has something that is called, oh God, I just forgot the name of it. Um, it's like, it's like organ rejection, but it's not called that. Oh, oh I'm forgetting the name, but here's what it is. When she gets, if she's been like to the vet or somehow had to leave the house in the car and comes home, she gets um, non-recognition aggression. That's what it's called. Interesting. Towards our other cat. The other smells mess up her... So she goes somewhere else and smells something else. And then she comes home. She does not recognize her sister, who she was raised with. Like they were kittens together. She's no idea who she is. And she starts hissing at her. Wow. And it takes her like two to three weeks to remember who we all are. It's some sort of situational amnesia. That is fascinating because, the, the, and that's the thing, if her senses are all messed up, it's like she's hallucinating once she gets yeah. back home. She just can't get everything back online right. It takes so long that she's like, I don't want to go anywhere because it messes with my whole system. Yeah. And she like, when she wants to be around people, like she's actually good in crowds. It's not that smells mess her up in general. We lived in an event facility. So I used to do writer's retreats and we lived in a castle. And when she was a kitten, we had like hundreds of people coming through the castle doing writer's retreats. So she's amazing with new people and new smells in her domain. She and, does not like to be removed from her domain. Well, I mean, who would? I mean, she's the lady of the castle that you can't just remove the lady of the castle. So correct. Yeah. She just doesn't. Now, Foxy, our other cat, when people come, she doesn't like to be there. She'll like run upstairs, hide under a bed or a desk or something like that. Miko There's doesn't cat, mind Foxy. people when they come over, but when she leaves the house, she's just like, takes her weeks. She's completely confused. Um, when our cleaners come, they make a lot of noise and they have a thing called a vacuum, which is maybe the worst thing on the planet. I will tell you for me, leaf blowers and hand dryers in public bathrooms oh, yeah. are like, they vie for the worst. But for my cats, it is definitely the vacuum cleaner that yeah. is their nemesis. And Mika doesn't like it, but when they leave, she's fine. Foxy, two to three days to recover from the trauma of the vacuum. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Yeah, it, it's loud. It's unpredictable. She did not choose that, you know. Why are they here? Why are, everything was fine? Why are we changing things? 
I do not know if I believe this, but my husband is convinced our cat, I, you guys, this is going to sound gross. You're going to not want to come over. I promise. We have cleaner. We clean all we do clean. My husband is convinced that cats like to see their cat hair because then they know where they've been. It's their he's territory. Like, yeah. He's like, they know it's their place. I'm like, okay, but I'm still going to remove the cat hair. I, I We're not going to do that. But Does he's your like, husband do, do you have shed to take too? all of it? He, he's a cat. He's just, of yeah, course. he might shed. I, he enjoys their shedding enough that I have to fight the cat hair demons all on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I trim my beard, at least I know that that sink is mine. So, you yeah, know. that's how he marks his territory. It's very exactly. scary. Anyway, those were some of my uh, autistic traits of cats that you can celebrate autistic culture when you recognize them. Just like if there was cannoli flavored cat food, you would know it was Italian American inspired. Uh, now I would like to transition our conversation to a few of my favorite cats in history. But first, I'm going to start with you. Do you have a favorite cat in history? Which cat would you like to focus uh, on? Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you know you got your standbys of Garfield and uh, Heathcliff. Uh, yeah, Garfield yeah. voiced Ooh. by Lorenzo Music, who was also Peter Vinkman in Ghostbusters. Heathcliff voiced by the the indomitable Mel Blanc, which mm, you know elevates we him. We talked about too. him on the animation oh, yeah. episode. Uh, my mm -hmm. my my current favorite cat is Beerus, the Lord of Destruction from Dragon Ball Super, because he Ooh. is a, a hairless sphinx, and uh, he is uh, of this universe equal to God because uh, God must create, Beerus must destroy but Beerus really, really also loves naps and eating so hmm. uh, whereas Beerus is often continually frustrated and very angry ready to destroy planets at a moment's notice you can bribe him with some good ramen and he'll be fine so yeah, uh, I I relate very, very much to Beerus, and uh, he, he, he at first really hated humans and Saiyans uh, that uh, Goku is a race of. But again, when he found out how great the food is on Earth, he said, you know what? I think this Earth place might be good. Let's go have some ice cream, shall we? So, yeah, I, I relate well to Beerus, so he may be my favorite cat in media mm, at the moment. I do love a Sphinx cat, personally. I enjoy them. I like they look, look very them. grumpy all the time. They're like grumpy, alien-like, yeah, but sort yeah. of All magical, hairless and wrinkly. creatures, wrinkly with the biggest ears. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I had Garfield on my list. Uh, I, I and Garfield. I forgot about Heathcliff, uh, but I, I I paired Garfield with Grumpy Cat. Oh yes, uh, there is a certain grumpiness to those cats that I think is reflective in autistic culture. Or uh, we Garfield get grumpy. is often grumpy, especially on Mondays. Yes, that is true. He hates Mondays, I heard. I read that in a thought bubble somewhere. I, I've heard that, yes. He does not like any disruptions to his team. He oh, values no. comfortable and familiar environments. He eats the same food. It might not be the food you expect of a of a cat as you, he is a... You, you probably should not feed your real-life cat lasagna. Yeah, I don't know a, how he, healthy that is. It, yeah, and they're not yet yeah, dairy, not great for them. They're usually not big pasta fans, but that was not true for Garfield. He loved his lasagna. He's an Italian cat. 
He is an Italian cat. I don't, Garfield, anyway, he appreciates Italian culture and so do I, Garfield. Uh, And Garfield's like an outsider, you know? I think that's why we all fell in love with Grumpy Cat too. He was sort of the underdog, the outsider, uh, looked misunderstood. Whenever you find Nermal, the, you know, neurotypical cat, you want to ship Nermal to Abu Dhabi, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's because you say you're interfering with my routine, you're interfering with my lasagnas. Please don't. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, my, next up on my cat list is the cat and the hat. Oh, oh. <laughs> the the Susian Loki, the god of chaos. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. why is that? Why is the cat in the hat the god of chaos? Does he call? I guess he does. He comes well, in and. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, uh, look at like stories like Yertle the Turtle. It's about fascism. The story about the Lorax is about conservationism. What? The, the, yeah. I knew that about the Lorax, but. Yeah. Yeah, Yurtle, Yurtle the Turtle the is about a, Nazism. What's yeah, happening right now? Because Yurtle the Turtle is a, a, an analogy for Hitler, and it's about overthrowing Yurtle. So. So in many cases, uh, Dr. Seuss was very, very thought-provoking. And again, Horton Hears a Who was his apology for his wartime propaganda against Japanese people. Wow. So a lot of Dr. Seuss's books have much, much deeper meaning. But again, the the Dr. Seuss, uh, Cat in the Hat, uh, is what if a cat just came in and messed up all your stuff? So... So he's like, so the cat is sort of not the autistic one in this scenario. He's the like fish. the chaos agent, but the fish might be. The fish. Oh, my God. The fish is like, your parents will be home soon. Everything is out of order. There's two things running around. For the love of God, please put everything back. And and, yeah. and then they do that all in rhyming Echolalia. Of course, yeah, yeah. That whole conversation yeah, the makes fish, it even the, better. The fish is the uh, agent of order. The cat is the agent of chaos. It's Batman and the Joker. It is. Yeah, I I was a little scared of the cat in the hat. I was Seriously? much more a green eggs and hand person, but the cat in the hat kind of. And when people dress up as the cat in the hat for Christmas for Halloween, the, the Mike Myers movie those. still terrifies me for many many reasons. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the reason why you should not try to make live action Dr. Seuss because it's terrifying. I agree with that. I don't need any live action Dr. Seuss. It's fun enough to read. Yes. So how about Hello Kitty? Uh, A couple oh. people who requested the episode, oh, not Hello President Kitty. Women, said you guys got to talk about Hello Kitty. What you got there? Oh, uh, Sanrio uh, uh, came out a while back and said that Hello Kitty is not a cat. Hello Kitty is a little girl. Mm, little cosplay girl, uh, little girl so. in the kitties, dressing yeah. up like a kitty. It's it's fascinating, and uh, uh, I I I like the Hello Kitty aesthetic. My son, we've got uh, glow in the dark Hello Kitty Frankenstein toys because again, if you're part of our subscribers and you're part of our uh, you know uh, the the book club, uh, you'll know that my favorite book of all time is Frankenstein. So of course we have Frankenstein Hello Kitties, and so uh, yeah. Uh, I have a personal history with this because when I was teaching at UK, uh, I was teaching about uh, Pavlov and conditioning and everything. Oh, yeah. Behavioralism, yeah. all that uh, stuff. We, yeah. we went through classical conditioning with 
uh, I brought in a Happy Meal box and I was like, hey, kids, are you hungry? Yeah, hungry. Look at the Happy Meal. Are you hungry now? What's in a Happy Meal? Toy or uh, the chicken nuggets, fries, toy, all this other stuff. One side mm. of the box was Hello Kitty. Mm. The other side was G.I. Joe. On the G.I. Joe side, they were screaming and shooting lasers and riding motorcycles. On the Hello Kitty side, Hello Kitty was sitting silently on a tricycle. Uh, G.I. Joe screaming, Hello Kitty has no mouth. And mm. I uh, said, so uh, which side is the boy toy and which side is the girl toy? And what lessons did you get from that? And so uh, I encouraged everyone to go in and get the boy toy and throw a fit when they didn't get Hello Kitty. So, Wow, I love that exercise. Yeah. That is fascinating. Oh, yeah. Hello Kitty... Uh, arguably Audie gender? Very much so, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, again, uh, th there's a lot of other supporting characters. Uh, again, I am not... I, I know of Hello Kitty. I'm a big fan of Frankenstein. I know there's a frog and a penguin, but I don't know any of their names. But, yeah, it's... Hello Kitty is very much a blank slate for all sorts of stuff that you can project upon her. And collecting oh of course Let's talk about collecting uh, hello kitty collectors are epic epic by the way if you guys have a hello kitty collection you want to share with us we would like to see it uh you can find me on twitter the links are there you can find us over at facebook in the autistic connections group you can come to substack you got a Hello Kitty collection we want to celebrate it we love your collections and tell yes. us what the rare ones are and the extremely rare and the uber extremely rare. Which ones got your autistic euphoria up when you found it and added it to your collection? Mm, my favorite. Um, also, I think like, I don't know, for me, I had a little Harajuka girl phase because I think it's like expression through fashion, ah, I think yes. of with Hello Kitty. Very much and so. And it's got that Japanese aesthetic that's like, individualism but also the irony of being in such a group or community culture oh yes of like how do you stand out within the bounds of what it, uh, what's allowed and hello kitty plays around with that stuff pretty well oh yeah um okay i didn't know whether or not to include this one but i felt like i had to do at least a little shout out to calvin and hobbs oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiger oh, but i God. feel like it counts can 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 Calvin still count as I, a um or I guess Hobbes is the tiger. Yes, Calvin's uh, the boy, right? Uh, honestly, I, I I really believe that Scott Watterson is one of us. So uh, I, I believe that everything that uh comes from his brain is somehow autistically related because Hobbes is incredibly pragmatic. Calvin, of course, a young boy, very adventurous, very, very boundary pushing. And, you know, whereas, you know, Hobbes still does try to eat people as they come in the door because he's a tiger. He's a tiger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you're going to do, unless you have a tuna fish sandwich. So, you know, it's, it's going to happen, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, he he's very very reasonable. He has very very good observations on human nature. He's able to point out the flaws in Calvin's logic, and uh, you never know if he's real or if he's imaginary. But if he is imaginary, that's quite a dichotomy going on in Calvin's head. But yeah, it's yeah. I 
I feel I like Hobbs would be a great autistic centered therapy practitioner. Oh, very much so. Yeah. He's yeah. just there. He's well, he supporting your executive functions. He's not like telling Calvin what to do. He's there with him as Calvin goes down the hill in the wagon at 130 miles an hour. He's there as they're plummeting over the hill. He knows that they're both probably going to get injured, but he's made of fluff. So he's OK. So, you know, he. He he's there. He's there to say, so what did you learn from that whole experience? And Calvin will be like, you know, I've learned that I hate gravity. So it's it's one of those things. Yeah. I I also think um on the Calvin side, I know this isn't a cat, but still. Uh on the Calvin side, he's into dinosaurs. He doesn't have many other friends other than Hobbes, but what they connect on. Um, are their special interests. So Hobbes is always up for Calvin's special interests and um, they go on adventures together. And I know in autistic culture, we definitely like to indulge in our special interests and focus on those tasks rather than, um, I don't know, uh, the things the school kids are interested of course. in, small talk or and something. I called him Scott Watterson, not Bill Watterson. My mistake. Ah, uh, it, yeah. I knew that name was yeah. right because I had a I had a little PTSD moment with Scott Adams, who's the Dilbert uh, guy. Yes. Oh God, he may that's... also be autistic, but should maybe also be shot. I'm not sure. Yeah. He is very, very problematic. And I was like, oh, do we? Ha- is that who it is? So yeah. then I was like, oh my God, did I did I just bring up Scott Adams? No. Yeah. Bill Watterson, Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes, yeah. the good one. Yeah. Scott Adams, unclear what's happening over there. He had some sort of C doppelganger book club uh, selection one for what the hell happened exactly. to Scott Adams. Yeah. yeah. And Lost uh, yeah. his damn mind. Very much so. But Bill Watterson, uh, reclusive genius. Again, he does not like interviews. He does not like to talk to people. Uh, he, he willingly shut down his cash cow because he chose integrity over marketing. And Mm. there are consistent rumors that he is hand animating a movie all by himself because he doesn't trust other people to do it properly. Uh, I don't know if it will ever happen, uh, but uh, there there is an IMDb listing for a cast and crew from like years and decades ago that may or may not have happened that he's hand animating every frame just like, uh, oh God, from Star Wars, uh, uh, Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett mm. made his own movie in his garage. Bill Watterson may or may not be doing the same thing. And boy, that would be an autistic thing. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. That sort of contrasts with the way Charles Schultz handled it. We talked about that in the Peanuts episode. Do you know the Peanuts episode is our number one episode? Oh, good. I like that. It's well, our I most like all downloaded them, but... episode. They're all good. But like, where are these Peanuts fans coming out of? Like we have... We, I think we have like 42,000 downloads now and something like 8,000 are for the Peanuts episode. They're that's, like, we are, give us Snoopy. That's it. We want I, it. Since the time we recorded that, I have bought all of the volumes of Peanuts and I have oh. three shelves full of the complete Peanuts collections. So <laughs> I, I now have all of his, what was it, like uh, 18,000 strips so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yes, 18,000. I don't know how you remembered that. That was the number. 
Yeah. It's almost as if I'm autistic or something. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Great yeah. memory for details. Uh, can, can, can you do basic uh, tech? Can you make a phone call? Can I remember my own phone number? No, but I could tell no. you exactly how many peanut strips there are. Right. So, Excellent. Yeah. Very helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out that show if you haven't. If you haven't, you're the only one, apparently. Like our show? Here's how you can help. When you tell someone about this show, it helps make the world a friendlier place for autistic people. And when you rate or review us in your podcast player, it helps people find us. It really matters. And if you're PDA, I totally understand. Uh, uh, you cannot not do this and it will still work out. at some point a Broadway episode. Broadway was one of my first special interests, still a major special interest. I'm going to briefly touch on the musical Cats here. I need to say it's not good. I'm not <laughs> recommending it. It's not... It's not, it's not a good show. I, and I don't know what to say about it, but it's definitely, I think, autistic or it, something. I, I, I gotta say, I, I watched the movie when it came out. And, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I was impatient. And through means, I watched uh, one that had, for some reason, Korean subtitles. Okay. And that, that right. really only added that to the probably, experience. Yeah, I'm like, that probably enhanced. Yeah, because yeah, because it was completely bug nuts crackers there. So, uh, I Is it about going to heaven? Is it about a UFO? Why are there so many cat butts? <laughs> so many what, cats. What is with all of this? Because again, it made Mike Myers' cat in the hat look tolerable. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. That's so bad. <laughs> Okay, there's a thing that happens in theater school. I can't explain this, but I'm going to add a little color here. There's a thing in theater school where you, this happens year after year, decade after decade when you're studying as an actor. You walk in circles and then your teacher will tell you like, uh, you just won the lottery. Now walk like you just won the lottery. You, then you walk like you won the lottery. She'll be like, your best friend died. And then you just walk in a circle like your best. And everyone's walking. There's 20 people. We're walking in circles. Your best friend died. Sad walk. You won the lottery. Happy walk. You just saw a hot girl you're into. Okay. Smooth walk. And then you go through all the animals. Be a cat. Be a dog. How does a cat walk? And this goes on for hours and hours, days and days. If you, uh, I don't know if you've seen the show Barry yet. If not, you have ah, to. Yes. It is so good. Um, they actually do one of these in that, that the acting scenes with Henry Winkler are almost too hard for me to watch as a theater person because they are chef's kiss perfection. <laughs> so I think part of what happened is like the actors get really into being a cat. It's like some weird, and there are a lot of autistic actors, I'm not saying the show, who get super into mimicry. And so, so much of this show is just the experience of watching humans act like cats, which it, the show is often cast with autistic actors who love the mimicry. It's like how we get into scripting. That is fascinating. So, and then it's, it's, there's some, there, there is some sort of like an outsider community. There's some sort of storyline. I've never actually figured it out. I, I think I, it's just an excuse for 
acting like a cat. I, I just love that it's a flimsy song. pretense to be a furry. That is it. Bam. That is it. That is what I actually believe. It is a flimsy pretense to be a flirt furry. Oh, God. Uh, the, the, Way before furries were like yeah. a lot. Oh, allowed. composer. Who is the composer? Oh. Andrew Lloyd Webber? Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber said, you know, what's? it would be really cool if we just saw everybody dressed up as cats. I'm going to write some bug nuts crazy musical about it. And <laughs> everybody's like, yeah. Premise. Yeah, exactly. It, the, mm-hmm. the story makes absolutely no sense at Nothing. all. So that has good. to be the reason it exists because people just want to be a cat for a while. Pretty much. I am down with much. that. That is the only rational explanation. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what's autistic about it, but I can't do a show about cats without saying cats. Uh, okay. I Cheshire cat. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, everything about do, Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God. Because Lewis Carroll is autistic. We have to do an Alice in Wonderland We do, episode. really. Yeah. 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 I'm going to save all of my comments on Cheshire Cat for when we do Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that one's going to be a good one. I, I look forward to that. Yeah. So... Anyway, Matt, I just really wanted, uh, I wanted to celebrate cats and I really wanted to use this episode to rail against ABA therapy because maybe we don't do that enough. So this is just really, I want you to think about cats. I usually say, um, cause like, I feel like getting into gay conversion therapy is, um, you know, sometimes triggering for some people. So I'm like, imagine you had a therapy that said it would make my brown eyes turn blue, but I had to spend lots of money and dedicate almost my whole life to it. Do you think that would be a smart idea? And then people think I'm just saying some bullshit that must not be true, but really ABA therapy is like trying to train cats. It it's is not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we just won't do our, we are not, organized that way and it's torturous to force us to do so yeah we need and a better it way would be torturous for cats as well yeah. so we can celebrate cat culture and be like cats gonna do what cats gonna do they're gonna run away if they don't want you to hold them they're gonna meow if they want something they're gonna communicate with their tail or their blinking eyes and not necessarily the way you want them to communicate they're gonna be with you when they want to be with you and not be with you when they don't want to be with you they're gonna regulate in the ways that they regulate they're gonna do it all in their way and if you want a happier cat, a better cat, a nicer cat. Do you know what you do, Matt? What would you do if you wanted your cat to be happier? Treat them as they would like to be treated as a cat. Ooh, ooh, ooh. crazy thoughts. Fancy that. Fancy that. If you beat your cat or yell at your cat or tell your cat to stop acting like a cat, will your cat become nicer or less nice? I, I just don't understand why anyone would get a cat if they didn't specifically want cat behavior. That's madness. That is what you will get from it. So love autistic people, love autistic culture. Do not try and fix us with your ABA BS. We don't like it. Very much We don't so. want it. We just want to be the autistic humans that we are. And then we'll be so much more delightful, even when we're not delightful, because everybody has bad days and everybody acts like assholes. But we're going to do that a whole lot less if we don't feel like you're trying to change who we are every minute of the day. Exactly. Which makes us cranky. So 
that's what I got on cats. That is my, that is the moral of the story on cats. I want to hear the moral of your story on this week. Tell me something awesome about being autistic that you experienced this week. So, so we're recording this uh, a couple of days after Halloween. And I, every year I give out Play-Doh for Halloween. Uh, I give out regular candy too, but the Play-Doh is always a hit. I had this one kid come by dressed as a, a, a PJ mask, the blue one. I, I'm not familiar with PJ masks, but I know of okay. them. And this kid comes up to me and I've got, I, I, one of my decorations, I've carved those fake pumpkins and I figured out a way to shove lamps up into them and I have flickering flame bulbs inside and I ordered five different colors, red, blue, orange, green, and purple. And so this good. tiny kid comes up and he's like, uh, trick or treat, but he's looking at the pumpkins in the window the entire time. And I say, here, have, happy Halloween. And I, I expect him to be all happy about, you know, the Play-Doh because everybody's happy about the Play-Doh. And he said, your pumpkins have different color flames in them. I was like, yeah, they sure do. He said, how did you get your pumpkins to have different colored flames in them? And I said, well, I made them myself. Those are flame bulbs. He says, could you perhaps teach me or give me a, an online oh. tutorial about how to make a pumpkin of my own? And oh. at that point, I realized the kid is autistic. He has the accent. He is very much fixated on this. He's got the autistic body language. Uh, this this is the way. And I'm like, oh my God, I really wish I could. And he said, can I go look at them? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And uh, he he went down and uh, the, the parent was trying to say, well, yeah, we've got more trick-or-treating to do. And he said, he said I could look at the pumpkins. And he comes over and he he's looking. his way. Yeah, he's looking in the window and just looking at the pumpkins and studying the pumpkins. And apparently this was like the highlight of this kid's evening. And it just delights me to no end that this kid with the monotropic focus wanted to know all of the details and everything about how to make these pumpkins because that was just the thing that stuck with him. He didn't care about the candy. He didn't care about the Play-Doh. He wanted to learn more about these pumpkins. Oh, so, I love our culture. It's just like, oh, this is fantastic. I, I need to make an online tutorial. But yeah, Aww. so I, I really hope that uh, that kid and his parents are listening today, because if so, uh, you made my night. I hope that uh, we can give something back to you. All, all your Halloween stuff looks so good. It looked like there was a big party there. We went to horror movie trivia oh, nice. with our trivia friends. We won, obviously. Of course. But one of my favorite things was it was at a brewery where clearly the brewer, like a small local, I forget what the high craft, craft brew, whatever. Yeah. Clearly the guy who owns it is autistic. And every single beer had the most amazing artwork. And one of them was some of nugs nugs related chicken nuggets related there was like a chicken nugget you were supposed to have this with chicken nuggets and it was like on thanksgiving it was a joke about how you should have chicken nuggets on thanksgiving and then you should drink this, this beer this is the way and i was like he's one of us he's one of us so, That's fantastic. That was my favorite part. But uh, I'm glad you had a great Halloween. I had a great Halloween. You are listening to this uh, sometime in December. So, or 
maybe whenever because it's a podcast. So tell us what's going on in your world. You can subscribe over on Substack. If you are intimidated by Substack, do, do, not, do not feel badly about that. Track us down somewhere else. Um, my In the show notes, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you'll find all of our contact info. So you can find Matt at Matt Lowry LPP. You can find the Autistics Connect, Autistic Connections Facebook group if you are comfortable with Facebook. You can look up the Autistic Culture Podcast on Twitter. We have a community there. Track us down. I'm the linguistic, uh, the linguistic autistic on TikTok. Find us somewhere. We will help you get into our Substack community. It asks for an email, but it is not required. Every episode is free. We want you there. We want you to hear this and we want other people to find it, which means I have to do this weird thing and beg you to write a review or tell someone about the show. Uh, it helps people find it. So, Hit that bell, mash that button, whatever platform we're it. on or however do it. Get it. Like, follow, like, like and subscribe. Follow, subscribe. We don't know what the hell we're saying. Do something or don't do something. We love you anyway. Bye, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Autistic Culture Podcast. If you like this show, you can help other people find it by taking a few minutes to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find out more about writing your book with me at differencepress.com. That's difference, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, press, P-R-E-S-S.com. Or getting a psychological evaluation or consult with me at www.mattlowrylpp.com. That's M-A-T-T, Matt Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, L-P-P, as in Licensed Psychological Practitioner.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else. Special thanks to our content manager, River Robbins, and Aaron Stoner, our producer for making us look and sound good. Thank you.